0: Hi, how's it going? Good. All right. Uh, There was a few other people who wanted to just uh, come in to listen. I hope that's okay with you. Yep. Most notably, uh, just a bunch of guys from the FBI. But anyway, um, So, sorry to pick up sort of from where we were, um, what we were talking about yesterday, this uh, question of um, uh, project management, uh, which you listen to that podcast, right?
1: Yeah, I did. I I listened to that right after the call got cut off yesterday. And uh, it uh, it's kind of disheartening to hear because I realized that uh, I'd made a lot of big mistakes. And I mean, it was also, I I kind of was glad I heard it because it helped me identify what I did wrong. But it also made me feel bad because, you know, for the past year I've been uh, mismanaging my projects.
0: Right, right. And it is, of course, the immediate anxiety avoidance of saying to clients, I will do it, to get yourself out of the anxiety of the moment that causes the problems in the long run, right?
1: Yeah, I always, you know, I I have a hard time saying no to a client, and I have a hard time saying yes, but that will charge you, that'll um, be extra.
0: Right, right. No, I mean, and and clients um, sense that, right, because they look at somebody... Who's young and enthusiastic, and they they sense that, right? And since most people in business are operating from a fairly amoral advantage maximization in the short run, that is something that uh, that happens very often in the software field.
1: Oh, I've even had a I had one client just recently be pretty honest about it. He's like, the reason we're hiring you is because one of uh, one of our team members say hungry, said uh, hire the
0: young guy, he'll work the hardest. Yeah, and and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean the que- I mean as an as a former entrepreneur well, I guess I'm still an entrepreneur with free domain radio but as a former entrepreneur there's nothing wrong with that and that is really how you differentiate yourself when you come into the business right because when you come into a business environment as a young guy with little verifiable or no verifiable track record the question is how do you differentiate yourself from the more professional and advanced shops well clearly you don't have the same track record and clearly you don't have the same uh, client list you're not referenceable and so on so you have to balance that negative with a positive and the positive is i'll do a bunch of crap for free right uh yeah pretty much so what you what you did is not necessarily the wrong decision as a whole right i mean, I mean it okay. was the
1: it was certainly a way to make my, differentiate myself but uh
0: and it's necessary, right? Yeah, yeah. It's necessary. Um, the the problem is that for you, it was not so much a business decision as it was anxiety avoidance, right? And, and what I mean by that is you may have made the same decisions and you may have said to yourself, okay, I'm going to make a loss for the first year because most businesses do not make a profit in the first year or two or sometimes even three. So to say I'm going to take a loss in order to build my client base because what you do is you invest in success and then you sell success at a premium right so you invest in uh, and you take a loss on projects so that you can build referenceable accounts that is a business strategy that is i mean it's called a loss leader right and and you'll often see this when you know when candy bars are introduced the question is why would you buy a new candy bar when you already have a candy bar you like Well, the way that you do it, of course, is you advertise it like crazy, and you may cut the price of the candy bar, you know, so so that the reason is that you build the desire up through the advertising, and then you create a differentiator, which is going to dislodge people from their existing products by creating a price incentive, right?
1: Uh, Right, yeah, yeah, and uh, I was kind of, I mean, I'd been told that all through business school, and I I just wasn't ready to, uh, you know, go a whole year without making money, so... I made a decent amount in my first year, but then, th- then they come this year and I just have no
0: motivation. I'm losing money. Uh, I just can't seem to dig myself out of this hole. Right. And th- this, of course, is is the big problem. Um, think, think of IT projects like a comet, right? Um, there's a big glowing ball of cash up front. And then as it moves through time, there's a long sort of nimbus of a trail of labor that is unpaid for, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the constant like you get a call you need something needs to be adjusted something else needs to be adjusted there's a bug or a problem or a typo or something on the website, right? So you've already been paid up front and that's the, but then there's this trail of work that is unfunded, right? And this is what of course happens to a lot of software companies is they'll make money up front when they charge up front, but then because of a failure to create an endpoint or a close point for the product or for the project, they tend to end up with much lower cash um cash-to-labor ratios in the second year, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, of course, you get depressed and exhausted. And instead of looking forward to calls from clients, and I know this, of course, since I was a, a CTO at a company, normally, you know, a business likes getting calls from clients, right? Right. But but don't you, like, feel complete dread whenever a client gets in touch with you? I, I mean, I haven't even
1: um, been seeking out new clients because of that because I'm like, I, I don't even have time to... To take on new projects. I mean, I guess I have time, but I just have no desire to. I'm like just sitting here looking at what I have on my plate and not wanting to do it because I'm not getting paid for it.
0: Right, right, right. And so, tell, I mean, the, the important thing is that since you've gone through business school, I'm not going to even remotely insult your intelligence by talking over the business stuff because you understand all of that. But let's talk about the real issue here, which I think is the emotional side. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, if I were to tell you it's important to get paid for what you do, <laughs> you—you—that was kind of insulting, right? You know that, right? Yeah, I know that. And so you know that you've been running your business into the ditch, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, and I mean, it's understandable, and we've all been there, and it's you know, this—it's a learning process. But the problem is now is that you have obligations, as far as I understand it, whether explicit or implicit. You have no motivation. You have negative income. And you are lacking the emotional energy to turn it around, right?
1: Yeah, that's correct.
0: Okay. Beca- and, and the reason, like, let's, let's look at what could be on the other side of this kind of motivation. Okay. Which is, you could save your business. You could save your business, right? It, and yeah. what I mean by that is you could go out to your clients and you could say, um, I have done some good things in this business and I have done some bad things in this business. The good things I've done is I've produced quality work for you um, the bad thing is that I have not done enough to, I have not charged you enough to sustain what it is that I'm doing. So new policy, right? New policy. Um, I have to, you know, be responsible to my business and of course be responsible to you because if I end up tanking in this, which I'm not saying I'm about to, but if I end up tanking in this, you're going to end up with a whole bunch of unsupported, uh, websites, which is also not going to be good for you. Right? So, so new policy, um, which is that I'm simply going to have to charge. I know. Yeah. I want you to think of it like, uh, like a car, right? So if you say uh, – if I go to a car dealership and I say, you know, I really want that new Audi, and they say, great, the new Audi is $25,000 or what, $30,000, and then I say, fantastic, right? And I do all the paperwork, and I say, $30,000, right? And then I come back the next day before they've delivered the car, and I say, ooh, you know what? I really want leather seats, right? What are they going to do?
1: Um I mean, I guess yeah. they would negotiate to get leather seats installed.
0: Right. And would they charge me? Yes. Of course they would, right? They'd say, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. well, leather seats are 1500 bucks. No problem. If I come back the next day and say, I want uh, uh, I want uh, heated seats and I want uh, a sunroof and I want, you know, whatever fancy-schmancy uh, hubcaps and tail fin. every single time I come back and say that I want more, they're going to say, absolutely, and this is the price, right? Right. And a lot of what happens in business, particularly among young entrepreneurs, is they simply don't know how to do it. They don't know how to ask or how to inform the client of the costs of what they're talking about. And they feel kind of guilty, right? So young entrepreneurs will say, man, I should have thought of that. That wasn't in my original quote. That wasn't in my initial price. The fact that it's taking longer than I thought is my fault. Um... And so I'm just going to eat the cost, right? Oh,
1: yeah, that's certainly the thought that's going through my head all the time. I'm just like, oh, man, I, I messed up this quote. I I think the um, client had more expectation from this than I realized, and now I should just give them what they need.
0: Right, and, and that turns into a slippery slope, right? Because what happens is <laughs> if I buy the Audi and I come back in and say, I want leather seats and they're like no problem that's included uh no no problem that's I'm not going to charge you for that at all what am I going to do the next day
1: yeah come come ask for something else free
0: for a yeah premium stereo yeah jeez i mean if it's if all the add-ons are free all i have to do is not pay for them up front but come back or phone in every day, and with the list of all the crap that you can get stuck on an Audi, you know, I want a, I want a satellite dish. I want helicopter blades. I want to be able, I want it to be able to go underwater. I want it to be able to shoot oil slicks <laughs> out of the back. I want rockets. I want, you know, I mean, if every single time I come back, I get stuff for free, what, this becomes a slippery slope. You are actually encouraging people to come back and to, um, to rip you off, so to speak, right? Right, right. So. Uh, that, that is, I mean, and again, this is nothing that you don't know intellectually. I mean, obviously, right? But the question is around the emotionality, right? So there, there's two aspects I'd like to explore with you if it's helpful. The one is real short and the other one might be a little bit more lengthy. The real short sure. one is the question, the technical question of how to do it, right? So when a right. client, if I'm a client and I say, you know, geez, dude, I, I you know, I want X, Y, and Z, what's your normal response? Let's say it's out of scope, or or if the scope is loosey-goosey, that it feels out of scope, right? What do you say? Oh, yeah, sure. That'd be fine. We can do that. Right. It's and pretty
1: fast. I'm pretty fast to agree without even, you know, putting a fight all at there.
0: all. You know, I mean, I spent the first two years or three years in my IT career doing exactly the same thing. So I t- totally understand that. But So there is a bit of a technical question, which is, what on earth do you say, right? Like just from a practical standpoint, what do you say when somebody says, I want something free? And you don't know that, right? right? You don't know what to say. Right. Right. So um, uh, you you try being the client, and I'll give you an example of of how it can work. Okay. um,
1: Oh, we want to add a, uh, you know, I forgot to tell you we want to add a forum to this. I think it would be good to add a forum so our users can interact with each
0: other. I think that's fantastic. Uh, I would be more than happy to uh, to put a quote together for that. Um, how urgently do you need the quote? Uh,
1: I thought we could just add it on. Wouldn't it just be a pretty easy little add-on?
0: Well, um, when I... Do additional work, you know. I mean, as as I'm sure you you are are the same way, right? I mean, if I'm a car dealership and you want a sunroof, I have to give you a quote for the sunroof, right? Um, the 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 size of the job will be determined through the quote uh, until I examine it in detail. Like, I don't wanna I don't wanna just say I'll do it and then end up not being able to do it and waste time and delay the project and so on. And of course, also of course, if I end up doing work that's unpaid, it threatens the continuity of the business, which you know obviously you don't want. If I'm building your website. So um, I will have to look into it uh, in detail to figure out uh, to try and figure out if there are any other implications. I agree with you. It doesn't sound like a huge uh, job, but if I suggest a forum and it turns out that it doesn't have certain feature sets that you want, then I'll have to go and find another kind of forum. If the forum software that I suggest integrating into your site turns out to be too expensive or it only runs on an operating system that you don't have on the server, like there's just things that are complicated that I kind of need to figure out. Uh, and I also need to figure out um, because what happens is, you know, in a project, and again, I'm sure you're aware of this, Mr. Client, in, in a project, if I interrupt a programmer and say, do this task and insert it in the middle, let's say putting the forum in is a three-day job, then uh, he has to, we have to figure out a good breakpoint in the project to insert that in. It may not necessarily be right at the end because there might be other things we need to do to the website with the forum that's in it. So I need to figure out a good time to break him. He needs to stop what he's doing, do the forum stuff, and then pick up again what he's doing. So usually it's not just three days. It's three to four days because you have to sort of cycle off the stuff you're doing and then cycle back up and remember what you were doing before. So I agree with you that in isolation, it's a small thing, right? But it's sort of like if you're building a house and you say, well, I just want to add you know, a line of bricks at the bottom – it's like, well, it's just a couple of bricks, right? It's like, yes, but if to lift the whole house, you know what I mean? Like it could be more complicated and I want to make sure that I'm responsible uh, in giving you uh, a quote.
1: Well, that sounds fair. I, I mean, this I've kind of... The never, right? I've I mean, never,
0: I've, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I've the other thing too, because, that way. because basically what happens is, this is my guess, but tell me if this is realistic or not. Basically what happens is you get pissed off, right? It's like, don't tell me that my goddamn job is simple. You don't know anything about it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I it's irritating, right? Like quite, I I'm irritated surgeon, quite say, often. Yeah, like, you're irritated because if I go up to a brain surgeon and say, eh, just, you know, while you're in there, give me increased memory. I mean, how difficult can it be, right? It's like, well, if it were simple, um, don't downgrade my job because you want something for free. Don't ask something for free. In other words, try and rip me off and insult my skill set at the same time, right? Right. So you feel irritated, and you don't know, and because you feel irritated, and for you the choice is to be irritated and piss off the client, or to cave in and make the client sort of, quote, happy, those are your only two options, right? Yeah, that's what it feels like. Right, so you don't have a third way, which is to be uh, positive and responsible and assertive and appeal to the client's self-interest, right?
1: Right, right. But the Um, way you put it was perfect. I'm sure that would certainly disarm them if they were... At all agitated. Sometimes they they get to a point where they're agitated. They seem like you know I'm not doing the project fast enough, and suddenly they want to
0: add something on, and they expect me to get done just as fast and well, just but you compounds. Train, and you train them that you you absolutely create the agitation in them because what happens is you cave because. You don't know how to be – you you just never learned, right? This is not intuitive. You've not learned how to be assertive in business, so you cave. And then what happens is you get delayed, you get irritated, you get frustrated, which transfers to them, right? Plus, they start to get greedy. You know, like, I mean, if I'm getting a paycheck, that's one thing. I say, okay, well, I get my paycheck, and that's my paycheck. If a Brinks truck overturns outside, I'm going to go completely mental because I'm just going to want to – let's just say I'm amoral. Right? I want to grab all the dollar bills that I can, right? Right. So, if you're giving stuff away for free, what happens is you turn people – you make people greedy and irritable, right? Because they're like, well, Mm -hmm. maybe I can get more for free, right? Right. Whereas, if you give them reasonable limits, they're like kids, right? I mean, if you give them reasonable limits, they'll be much happier. I mean, as the client, didn't you feel a kind of relief that I was going to give you a quote and tell you what the boundaries were?
1: Uh, Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I I thought that that was very reasonable and uh, –
0: Understandable, understandable. And I wasn't impolite, and I wasn't hostile, and I wasn't like, well, screw you, you thieving bastard, right? I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, nice try, but uh, I'm afraid I'm going to have to, you know. And in a sense, you, you can't blame people for trying, right?
1: Right, right. I, I mean, I do it myself with my programmer. Of, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I do it myself with my programmer. I'm like, oh, it wouldn't be so, too big of a deal. I just kind of pass that along from the client. I'm like, oh, no big deal to install a forum, Right. It's like.
0: Have you read the God? Of we A- can do that, right? Oh yeah, and I—I I mean, I. <laughs> right. I kind of so, cringed oh, you know when. what happens to Terry in that book, right? Well, because he ends up turning into, the CEO, right? Yeah, yeah. Because he is exploited, he ends up exploiting his programmers, right? That's one of the themes in the book that, uh, it you know, it 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 infects you if you don't fight it, right?
1: Right, right, and I felt bad when I was reading God of Atheists, thinking, man, this
0: is—I'm turning into this guy. Right. Right. And this is also – so there is a certain just kind of practicality, right, where when people try and get stuff from you for free, you have to be responsible to their best interest in the long run. And that's why sort of in that statement, uh, I was saying, look, I mean, if I do work for you for free, you might be happy right now, but you won't be happy in the long run, right? Right. So so it's just – it's reasonable expectations and also saying, well, look, you don't work for free, right? So why should I, right? Right, like I mean, uh, uh, I remember uh, having this joke. Uh, I did some work for uh, quite a lot of work, uh, delivering a software package for General Mills, right, the food company. And the guy I was working with tried the same thing, right? Like he tried. I had like oh, this, exp- had like this, 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 and this. And I said, "Sure, no problem." Uh, and, and I said, "The wonderful thing is, I'm really, really happy about." General Mills' new business model, right? And he's like, what are you talking about? I said, oh, I just sort of, well, I understand from what you're saying to me that you guys are going to start giving away food, right? So I can go to the grocery store and just pile <laughs> free food. And, and he laughed, right? Because he kind of understood what I was talking about, right? <laughs> right, like right. well, you guys charge for everything you sell, and I'm, you know, I have to have the same business model as you do, right? So it, it, you can make people laugh about what it is that they're saying. Um, but, of course, if you become hostile, then you're going to end up, because you, you're not in a position of, of authority with this client. So if you get hostile when you're in a subservient position ninety nine point nine 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 times you're gonna just cave. And we all will, right? Because you can't get hostile if you're in a subservient position, if that makes sense. Yep.
1: Yeah. But, but you can be
0: in a subservient position and that actually changes the entire nature of the future interaction. Yeah. Because of course, if clients get a reasonable bill for the services they require, they will quite often say, Well, it's not worth it to me, right? Right, right. right. It, it, everything is worth it if it's free, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a free forum, pff, sign me up, right? But if the forum then costs $2,000, then they can weigh that and say, what is the cost benefit, right? Right. And that is actually to the advantage of the client, right? Because you could also say something like this. Say, look, if obviously you're going to take the forum if I give it for free, right? The client will say yes. And I said, but that, not my, that may be the worst decision you could make with regards to this project. And they'd say, what do you mean? i say, well, you know, based on my experience, let's say that you take a forum, even though it's not going to be that much value for you just because it's free. Well, then what happens is a few people will start using this forum and then you're going to end up having to maintain it, reply to it, and so on, right? And then maybe you'll have to shut it down, which will you'll have to explain that to people, and and you'll have to pull it out of the site, and you maybe have to back up the database or whatever, right? Like if I give you something for free that's not that valuable to you, the the burden of maintaining it and responding to it and working with it passes from me to you forever, right? So if right. the forum is just like a total nice to have and you don't really care about it, but if it's free, you'll take it that may not be the best thing in the world. It's like, free puppies, I'll take 12, right? (laughs) But then you've got to (laughs) spend time feeding the puppies till the end of time, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's also appealing to their own rational self-interest in terms of helping them understand every complexity you add to the website makes it more expensive to maintain in the future, makes it harder to, you know, may require more technological investment and so on, right? Right. Right, so this is like there's a little pebble in the stream, which seems like, but it's these ripples that go out, and it's helping them understand the implications of the decisions that they're making into the future. Right? Mm -hmm. Does that does that sort of make any sense? Sure, sure, it certainly does. You're trying to help them, right? You're really, really, genuinely trying to help these people to make better decisions and not to go overboard, right? Oh, of course. (laughs) Like if 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 it's one person, right? If I go to the dealership. Right. And and let's say that I can't resell the car and they say, look, if you buy one car, we'll give you two cars for free. But I only have one parking spot. Right. Um, I have no need for a second car because I'm one person. I can't sell the car. Right. For whatever. Maybe that's legal. Maybe I have to pay insurance on the car. You know, I have to pay for a place to 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 keep it uh, and so on. Right. So that second free car actually turns into a net negative. Right. Right. So it's just helping to people to understand that uh, if you don't give them a price for something that you're I mean, if they get kind of testy about it, if you don't give them a price, then uh, it's going to be a negative for them. What happens as well, of course, is that they may have genuinely forgotten that they need a forum, and they may have a budget for the project, right? And they may say, "Look, uh, I budgeted 10 grand for this website or five grand for this website." I remember that the boss asked me for a forum, but I completely forgot to include it, right? And so what happens is because they've made a mistake, they want you to fix that mistake for free, right? That's
1: actually the more, um, the scenario that occurs more than anything with me is that they, oh, I forgot. We need this in the site. And without this, the rest of the site is useless. And it's kind of like they put this burden on me that says, well, you know, if you can't do this, then we can't do the rest of the site.
0: Sure, sure, and and of course, um, um, what you can say is, uh, are, uh, is it the situation that you're working within a fixed budget? So you just you just try and understand. Don't make it unconscious, right? Don't like, don't take this pressure. You got to you got to pull it up to the surface and say, okay, so let me understand the constraints. We have a budget of say five thousand dollars, and we've budgeted a month's worth of work. Now I'm guessing this is totally off the top of my head, that this is going to be another week of work and it's going to push the budget to seven thousand dollars is it my understanding that you cannot go above five thousand dollars right and if they say yes my total budget is five thousand dollars right then you say okay well is uh is the is the forum more important than whatever the photo gallery right and they say no they're equally important right and it, it, so you're asking them to prioritize. It's like, if we have a budget of $5,000 and we have a month to do it, I can absolutely do the forum for you. What is it that we can drop? right? Because I want to keep within your budget here. And yeah, if they yeah. they then say, well, I only have $5,000, everything is equally important, we still have only a month to do it, right? And, and we have to have a forum, right? Then... Right then, then uh, you say well at the like in the constraints that we're talking about you're you're giving me an impossible situation right because you're asking me to do more work for free in the same amount of time right and we we do agree that the forum was not part of the original scope right so and you know we'll, we'll find a way to make this work I just want us to be on the same page right and let's mm-hmm. say that they say yeah you know we're really asking for this big favor and this and that and the other right Be like okay right. well do you have uh, just out a curiosity do you have support agreements with these clients
1: uh, some of them I, I have in the past i mean i it's something that it works out so much
0: better when i do it and i don't know why i don't do it for every job yeah no of course i mean the, <laughs> a good chunk of repeatable revenue for software companies is the support agreements so let's say somebody says i got 5 grand i got one month and i've got a forum that um, that i absolutely need right and you say well if we if we have to do more work for free at the moment, and you have a cap of uh, $5,000, then um, we'll have to increase the support agreement, which is future budget, right, but to yeah. cover the cost, right? And you can just say, well, with the forum, uh, I got the forum for free, but he's bumped up the support cost a little bit because he's going to have to maintain the forum, right? He can sell that internally, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, if he says, <laughs> right, and again, I'm just let's go down the path of every possible problem, right? If he says, I want a forum for free, no increase in the budget, and I will not accept an increase in the um, in the support, right? Yeah. Okay. So worst case scenario. Okay. So what what's a possible solution for that? And there is one. It just you know it sounds weird, but but there is one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I I would you know, be tempted just to say, well,
0: here's your money back. Uh, Good luck. Well, no, you can't give money back because you've already invested time, right? I mean, you may give them the remainder of it back and so on, but you don't want to do that necessarily because then you're going to get a negative reference, right? Yeah, exactly. Right.
1: No reference, negative reference. And, um, you know, my programmer is going to be pissed that I took his money away
0: from him. Right. Which you can't do because you're the entrepreneur. He's not, right? Uh, he, well, it sort of, sort of was, but not anymore. Well, we'll get to that in a second, but that situation, what I would do is I would say, okay, so, I mean, you're giving me a very challenging situation here, right? You understand that because you're saying, give me free work. I'm not going to increase the amount of time I'm going to give you. I'm not going to increase the amount of money I'm going to give you. And I'm also not going to increase the support agreement, right? Right. That's a challenge. So you're giving me a very interesting challenge. Here's my solution and tell me what you think. You had originally signed up for a one-year support agreement. If you will extend that to a three-year support agreement, I can do it for you. Then there's no increase in the amount of money that you're spending right now. There's no increase in the support agreement uh, money. It's just extended for two more years. Yeah, I mean, that would certainly be a great way of negotiating. I never even thought of that. No, and of course, I mean, why would you, right? I mean, this is not something that you have to grow up. With win-win negotiations to get them into your blood, and I mean, of course, I know based on your history that you didn't, right? That it was just like do what you're told or whatever, right? Oh yeah, it was yeah. Now, if and now here's here's like, and, and there may be other solutions to this, but let's just say that we've we've exhausted all possible solutions, right? So right. then, what? Um, this would be my uh, my suggestion, right? If the guy says I want free work, and no increase in the amount of time and no increase in the money, and I'm not going to extend the support agreement. In other words, you're not going to get one thin dime out of me for all this additional work. Then I would say, I'm sorry, but I can't do business with you. I I just can't. I mean, I can't afford to. I'd love to. I just can't afford to. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to decouple the program. I'm going to take the money for the work that we've already done. I'm going to give you all of the source stuff if you want to get someone else to finish it. I'm really, really sorry. I mean, I can't, out of responsibility to all of my clients and my employees, I simply can't do free work. I've tried three different ways to help us resolve this in a way that is going to put you in a better position to sell it internally. I'd be happy to write up a document giving you the cost-benefit analysis, and so you can use that to sell it internally, but the reality is is that if you're used to getting work for free without any negotiation, I can't do business with you. It would be completely irresponsible for, of me. And the reality is just out of that conversation, you really don't want to do business with someone like that. You just don't. It may seem fine at the time, but what happens is you end up in the depressed situation of being exploited for year after year after year, right?
1: Yeah. There's money money
0: that's worth, uh, right?
1: And I have a client right now that's like, that just will not accept no for an answer and, you know, gets angry when I do say no and... um, I, I just don't know what to do about them because they're in a support acre- agreement, and I'm just, I just—I guess I could try to transfer them to a new, do uh, you know, not a developer.
0: There no cancel clause in the support agreement.
1: That's there was like barely any agreement to begin with. I don't even know if we signed paper on, papers on these this jo- this particular job.
0: Right. 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 Well, I mean, that is—that ch- was so course, right?
1: That was so early on when you know when I was first getting into it and just. I mean, I just take checks and do the
0: job, and wouldn't even mm, do sure. agreements. So, sure, sure. And look, I mean, again, I mean, it's risky to do that, but uh, you are saving money in lawyers' fees and so on up front, right? So, because every time anybody touches a contract, you end up in this particular problem. And I certainly can guarantee you that the first couple of software systems I built and sold had nothing other than you know vague emails and stuff like that, right? Right, right, right. So you have a dollar amount for that client for support. Uh, it's kind of like an
1: hourly agreement. Like whenever they need support, I do it, and then they pay me. But well, that's not um, a support it's agreement.
0: not. Well, okay, okay, no, I mean. I mean that's a that's a time and materials. But they that's but they
1: but they hardly but they hardly ever pay. I mean, it's it's
0: yeah, you're right. It's not a support agreement. It's it's just uh. No, whether they pay or not, I mean that's that's a time and materials maintenance agreement. That's not mm. a, a support agreement, as you know, right? It's like a fixed fee per month or uh, per year. Right, right. Or you get yeah, yeah, yeah. Dollars. I don't think I have that with any of my clients currently. And so, are they have they not paid you for a particular work you've done in the past?
1: Yeah, it's because I've agreed to do it. Oh, yeah, that was my f- that was maybe my fault. It, it probably wasn't my fault. I just pretended like it was uh, for some reason. I don't. I don't know why I would do that. Like I, I look at certain things that they want to add, and I'm like, wait, I. You know, they never said that to begin with. I don't know why I'm doing this.
0: Sorry, you don't know why you agreed to do work for free? Right. Well, of course you do.
1: Well, okay, yeah, I don't want to get into confrontations with this
0: this yeah, client. You're afraid of them getting angry, right? Right, right. So, I mean, we first have to identify what the issue is, right? Yeah, yeah. Can I, can I call you back in just one second? I'm real sorry to apologize for this, but I've just run out of space on my vidcam. So let me call you back in a few minutes, okay? Okay. Thanks. Bye. Hello? Hi, sorry about that. No problem. Okay, so now we're dealing with uh, the challenging topic, I guess you could say, of a client that you've had a historically (laughs) semi-parasitical relationship with who uh, is now kind of fussy and negative and problematic and is completely sapping your will to live, right? Yeah. Now, I guess the question then arises, is your heart in the business at all? In other words, is there any scenario under which you could see resurrecting your pleasure and joy in what it is that you're doing?
1: I have one client that I have a contract with where I'm paid paid a base and a commission every month for, you know... uh, just general internet marketing, um, promoting their website, getting their products sold online, and I enjoy that. I mean, I enjoy knowing what I need to do. They, they, they have. I mean, I worked for this company when I got out of high school, and then I went. They, I went on to start my own business, and then they became my client. Right. So we have, we just have a really nice understanding of expectations, and I feel like I'm getting paid for well for the work that I'm doing for them. And so, if I could find more clients like that, I know that I'd, I'd enjoy what I'm doing.
0: Well, I'm going to just correct your language a little bit. You don't find clients like that. You create clients like that. I mean, you yeah. have the power. Yeah. This, is an, this is the entrepreneurial power. You have the power to create clients like that. Going out and finding them is a real needle in a haystack, right? As you know from your other clients. Right. So the way that you create clients like that is you manage reasonable and rational and mutually beneficial expectations and negotiations from the very beginning, right? And that
1: took years to perfect that with this client. I mean, being an employee of that client, I, uh, you know, at first it was a pretty subservient relationship and I didn't know how to assert myself. And it just, over time, I, I realized what power I had in that company. And and then the tables, I don't know if the tables turned or if it just became more equal and I was able
0: to discuss openly any problems I was having. Right. And and look, there are people in business who will look out for your self-interest. There, there really, really are. People, like, I mean, just, just for a tiny example, an, an FDR employee last month was doing outreach that didn't generate the results that we both hoped for. And so he was, he, uh, and so I didn't get his bill, the bill for his services, right? And, um... Mm. So I, I called him up and said, where's the bill? And he said, well, you know, I just don't feel like I did a really good job. I don't know if I should really bill you for it uh, because I didn't get the results that I wanted and so on, right? And so, of course, I said, no, you, you bill me for it. I'm the entrepreneur, not you, right? And we both agreed that this was going to be a viable approach. The fact that it didn't work is not your issue, but mine, because I'm the one who's the entrepreneur, who's taking the risk, who's sort of... Uh, face faces is, uh, is front and center right so so I'm looking out for his self-interest there now lots of people would say yeah you're right that wasn't a really good campaign so why don't we just pick up the building next month right and they would save that money for themselves and they would say well if this person is willing to work for free I'm going to take it but and then there are a lot of people in business who are like that but and there certainly are people in business who will look out for your self-interest and give you the room to negotiate and grow but those people are a a relative rarity and of course if you give work away for free uh you know it's like it's like just throwing a bloody fish in a in a pool of hungry sharks right maybe there's some enlightened shark who'll be like well I don't want to get into this kind of messy feeding frenzy but most sharks will just instinctively go and, and chew it right 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 so you you and want the- to have more control you don't want to surrender the control for the quality of your interactions to the client's reasonableness right yeah yeah because that's going to leave you feeling helpless and depressed and at the mercy of other people's whims which is fundamentally what's ground you down to this point right right depression is another word for a lack of control a lack of ability to effect change right
1: and that's certainly how it's been lately it's like i don't know how to change what's going on in in my current you know in the current setup and
0: so i just don't feel like moving at all all right if you have no contractual agreement with the person you're doing support for. You have one of two mm-hmm. choices in my opinion and this is just my opinion, right? Either you can fire the client and firing the client is an absolutely essential part of business success. 90% of client support money goes to 10% of those cl- of clients. In, in this, uh, The figures are actually more detailed than that but that's sort of my rough memory of it. There mm-hmm. are a few clients who tend to be very high maintenance and who do not pay for themselves. And it is absolutely wrong, I believe, to use uh, the revenue from more reasonable clients to substitute to, to subsidize unreasonable clients. Right.
1: Right. Right.
0: It's like taking money from it's like taking money from your good wife and giving it to your bitchy mistress. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, you yeah. want to, you know the, the virtuous clients should get the savings for being virtuous. Right. For being reasonable. For being willing to pay for work that they ask for you to do. Those clients should get the should get the savings. Um, and, and the reasonable prices for reasonable people, right? Unreasonable prices for unreasonable people, right? So if you're taking money from reasonable clients and giving it to unreasonable clients in a cross-subsidy, you're kind of punishing good people than rewarding bad people, right?
1: And I certainly feel bad about that, like my current client that is the good client. Mm. I haven't been as motivated lately
0: sure. to, well, and if you're, to work sorry, on if his, business, his projects. It, it, sorry to interrupt. If your business goes down the good client gets screwed because you were apl- uh, placating or appeasing the bad client, right? Right, right. That's not going to make you feel awfully proud, right? Sorry you were no. suitable, but you got completely screwed because I was too busy running around placating and appeasing my anxiety with the bad client, right?
1: Especially since I have an eight-year history with this client, and he's, you know, he's offered me all the opportunities I've needed to even start this business. Without him, I doubt I would have even started my own business.
0: Right. So this bad client is, is hoovering your, your soul dry. He's vampirically fastened onto your jugular and is sapping your will to live, right? Yes. And I know it's not just one, but we'll just talk about that, right? So so tell me why you don't fire the client. Why don't you just call them up and say, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to um, stop supporting your, your product. Because they'll get angry, right?
1: Angry and, I mean... Sh- it's actually she and she keeps dangling carrots in my face, like, Ooh, I'm gonna get you this job over here. Look at I, I, I know these people and they want a website and I, I keep just like, Oh, well, you know, I need more business and But it never comes. <laughs> no, it it rare, I mean, she's gotten me a couple jobs and the couple jobs she did get me it ended up being hell.
0: I mean, it was so just the same would, kind of clients. I guarantee you, this is a law of psychology. This is a law of reality. This is physics. This is the physics of, of relationships. Any client that a difficult client refers to you will be a difficult client. Because if they were a good, reasonable people, they wouldn't be a business contact of this person. Right. Right? Every woman that a nasty woman introduces you to is going to be a nasty woman, because a good woman won't have anything to do with her, right? Right, right, yeah. So that's uh, th- that's never going to happen, right? I mean, this just, right, it's just waking up from the illusions, right? Because the reason you're getting depressed is because you're feeling powerless, and the reason you're feeling powerless is you're believing a whole bunch of stuff that's not true, right? It's not true that you have to – there are no unchosen positive obligations. You have no contract with this person. You can call them up. You can just send them an email and say, sorry, I'm going to have to uh, relinquish the support contract um, because of, you know, whatever, X, Y, and Z. Just make up some stuff, right? Um, and that's, you know, there are no unchosen positive obligations. You have no contract. I mean, this is like dating, right? I mean, if you, if you were in a relationship which makes, which makes you miserable, what do you do? If you've exhausted all options for improving it? Yeah, yeah. You break up, right? Right. They'll break up. I mean, There's is, this is no different principle in business as there is in romance or friendship. You're not here yeah. to serve the greed and, and narcissism of other people, right? Right. So you have power in that situation. Now, I know that that's a difficult and unpleasant thing to do, and it feels counterintuitive, and it's going to bring up all this anxiety. But that's your issue to manage, right? You know the right thing to do is to not be exploited because it doesn't help the person who's exploiting you, and it sure as hell doesn't help you, and it punishes the good people in your life, Right. Right. So, you know the right thing to do, right? And, and the fact that it's scary and overwhelming and, and is totally counterintuitive to how you were raised, all of that is important stuff to work through, but not, you don't solve that problem by avoiding it, right? Like, you don't avoid a, the toothache by not going to the dentist. You just make it worse, right? Right, yeah, yeah. So, this and is just to bite the bullet and do it, right? Mm-hmm. Now, on the other hand, if you feel that it's vaguely possible then what you can do is you can begin to charge for everything you do. Now, in my opinion, that will charge – that that will change uh, – it's very, very hard to reconfigure a relationship after the basic principles, principles have been established. It's really hard to do that, in my opinion, in, in my experience. So you can either say, I'm going to charge you for everything, including this phone call, right, <laughs> Then then – that person will probably, but they'll make your life hell before it ends, right? In my, you know, that's sort of my experience, my opinion. You may just want to say, you know, and and here's the source code, and you can, you know, welcome to find another shop to maintain the code uh, and so on. But uh, unfortunately, I'm too busy with paying jobs, right? I'm just, I'm too busy with, with 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 stuff that makes me money, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, if I'm only going to pay a real estate guy 1%, can I really complain him for... Can I really complain about being at the bottom of his list when there are other people who will pay him 3 or 4%? No. He's like, I'm too busy with stuff that's making me money. Sorry. <laughs> right?
1: Right. And I actually said that. I actually did that with one um, client about, uh, about a year ago. I yeah, uh, It just was too much. I was actually making good money with that client too and The expectations were just impossible, and it was horrible. It was sleepless nights um, thinking about this, and finally I just, you know, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I'll I'll help you transition to somebody new, and it was a pretty amicable parting. I didn't think it would be, but it, you know, he was fine with that, and it worked out, and I didn't have to deal with him ever again, so I I don't know why I'm having so much trouble again doing that.
0: Right. Well, because you're scared, right? Uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it comes down to the, just you're scared, right? I mean, there's nothing, there's no dishonor in that, right? There's dishonor in marching on as if you're not and getting depressed and ruining your life and losing my, I mean, that to me would be dishonorable just sitting there looking in the mirror and saying, for some reason, and it doesn't particularly matter for the business what the reason is, for some reason, this person has their hooks in me so deep, you know, I might as well be stuffed in, on the wall of a seafood restaurant, right? Right. And, and it doesn't matter particularly why. That, that may be a matter for, you know, another discussion or whatever. But the fact is, just admitting, this person, you know, I'm wrapped around their finger. I'm, you know, they're playing me like a marlin. And uh, I'm not able to have a productive and positive and respectful and profitable business relationship with this person. Correct. Right? Right. And if you attempt to manage your anxiety by avoiding what you know you have to do, you will simply become more and more depressed. It's just looking at the cost-benefit, right? If simply confronting your fear and doing what you know you need to do is not going to give you any real benefit, then why would you do it, right? Yeah, if,
1: and then there's the there's side of me that talks to me and says, well, if you if you drop this client, like I, like I was doing a year ago with this other client, if you drop this client, your income's going to drop. Um, you're going to be in trouble. You're already in financial trouble. You... You know, if you drop this client, you're going to be in more trouble. Why would you do this?
0: Well, um, clearly the reason you would do this is because if you lose all motivation to run your business, what is your financial situation going to look like?
1: Yeah, and that's what I keep talking. I mean, I keep trying to have this discussion with this other voice in my head, and it's like it doesn't
0: even want to listen. It's just kind of okay, pissed well, off. Okay, well, and- that voice, and I'll try and reason with the voice, with the band's okay. voice. Yeah, yeah.
1: All right, I mean, we're, we're already we're, – we're, the company is leaking cash. It's just bleeding to death and you want to drop more clients. It just – that's a very scary proposition.
0: Sure, I understand that. I understand that. But could the argument not be made, Mr. Bad Business Voice, that the fear of that has actually got us to this situation? That this may be – that this situation may not be a cause of your fear but an effect of your fear? In other words because we didn't fight, uh, fire clients who were bleeding us dry emotionally and spiritually and financially we have ended up you know depressed unmotivated uh, in despair and in a poor financial situation I'm just saying but why we to, could that be the case
1: Yeah but why, why do we have to let these these clients uh, control us that way why why um why can't we take the power back and and just it's it's frustrating to watch you say yes to all these customers all the time when I you know when we could we could be doing something, we could, we could be, I don't know. I uh, I guess I'm afraid to do that too, though. I just
0: well, look, I understand that it's frustrating to watch me cave, you know, like a bad seawall uh, every single time we're talking to these clients. And it would be great if that wasn't who I was at the moment. Sure, you know, but it would also be great if uh, I I could fly and you know uh, uh, shit rainbows, right? I mean, that would be wonderful. I could make a really good living uh, at Cirque du Soleil, but. The reality is that we have to deal with what is rather than what would be nice if it were, right? And the reality is for whatever reason, I can't say no to this client, right? And we know there's lots of personal history that goes into that kind of situation. But the reality is that I can't say no to this client, that I have created and established a relationship wherein exploitation and bullying and false promises, uh, this dangling of the other client's has become the norm in this relationship. That is the reality that we have to work with. And going back in time and saying, well, it would be different if and so and so and so on, right? You know, this relationship has been run off into the ditch. It has a lot to do with the decisions that I've made to avoid the anxiety. It has a lot to do with the decisions this client has made uh, to exploit my anxiety. But the reality is that that is where the relationship is, right? And we, 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 we clearly have to start with, with the realities, right? Right.
1: And uh, I I guess I'm just, uh, it makes me think, you know, when you say that, I'm still afraid though. I'm afraid if we drop this client, then we'll have to find new ones. And you've never been too good at sales. Clients have just kind of fallen in your lap. Right. And I just, I'm afraid I I don't know what to do from there.
0: Why uh, why are we afraid of sales? In your opinion?
1: Ner- it's, it's, whenever we talk to a new client that we don't know, that we have, don't have an established relationship with, her established relationship through another client with it, it's, it's ner- nervous. It makes me nervous to to talk to new new people in general, not just with clients, but in general with with people in
0: you know in public. And why do we uh, why do we feel nervous when we talk to new clients?
1: I'm not really sure. I mean, I've I've felt that way I felt that way my entire career is. Uh, well, I guess being rejected you know rejected right. by the
0: client. Yeah, you you're afraid of rejection, right? Right, right, right. Because you think that rejection means something about you, right? Yeah. Okay. Let me ask you, Mister Bad Business Voice. Do you believe that we have something of real value to offer our clients, or are we just kind of ripping them off?
1: Oh no, I certainly think that um, I, we're we're offering a, t- a lot of value to clients, so we can directly affect sales with our internet marketing skills.
0: Will we be offering more value to clients if we get rid of our bad clients? To new clients, I mean. In other words, if we are depressed and our time and emotional and financial and intellectual energies are being drained by non-paying clients, are we providing a lot of value to new clients?
1: Oh, uh, we can't provide any value to new clients.
0: Not really, no, right? So, so is it clear at least that the best way to be sure that we're offering value to new clients is to get rid of the underperforming clients? Yes. Right. F- yeah. Right. If you want a new relationship, you have to get a divorce first, right? If your marriage right, is dead, right? Right. right. Because right? if you're still married and you try and have a new relationship, any woman of integrity is going to la- want to have nothing to do with you. She doesn't want to be a mistress, right? Right. So do you see also that the fear of new clients is heavily involved in the despair and loss of value from the old clients? Yeah, yeah, I do. So wh- when, you th- when you're talking about a fear in the future, what you're actually talking about is a wound from the past, Right. Right. So saying, well, we can't let go of these old clients because we don't feel we have enough value to offer new clients is putting the cart before the horse, right? The reason that we don't have confidence in what we can offer new clients is because we have all these old clients hanging off our neck, right? Right. Does that? I mean, this doesn't eliminate the fear, but has at least put it in perspective.
1: It, it, yeah, there's a lot less fear thinking about it that way. I mean, I, I, f- I feel a lot more motivated, actually.
0: Right. If you could, like if we could set up a situation, Mr. Bad Business Voice, if we could set up a situation where we knew for sure that we were only going to work with reasonable clients who would pay us for what we did and we would enjoy working with, would that, and the price of that was ditching the deadbeats, would that be enough motivation to ditch the deadbeats or do we want to go straight off a cliff into bankruptcy and then have to get some job and work for someone else?
1: I I just uh the the prospect of getting a job um gives me more fear than finding new clients.
0: Right. So this is just going to have to be between you know um you know the train is going off a cliff and we don't want to jump out of the train but we know what the alternative is if, if we know what the alternative is if we don't, right? Right. So if we don't get rid of the bad clients, we will not have the confidence to build new relationships. And we will not be able to turn this around and we will also stay depressed and get more depressed, right? Right. So what are you trying to kill us? I mean, what what kind of plan is this that you've got here <laughs> that we just continue doing the same thing that has made us depressed and sad, right? I mean, help the, sell me on this plan because I'm a little baffled, right? Yeah, I always thought the planning was up to you. Well, oh no, 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 no. You can't say that because you're raising all these fears about what, what the solution is, right? So your right. plan is obviously doing more of the same, right? Because right? if guess I've got a right. plan yeah. and you get in the way, it's because you've got a better plan, right? Yeah. So let's hear your plan. If you don't want me to go east, then you must think that we should go west or some other direction, right? So where is it that you want us to go to solve this problem?
1: I don't, I don't really, I don't know. I don't have a plan.
0: So, you're Mr. Like, if we freeze, nobody will see us, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Look, and I understand that. I mean, I know that when we were growing up, whenever we made a decision or tried to implement something, we'd just get attacked, right? Uh, yes, yes. Right, so you're Mr. Like, okay, if I don't move, the predators won't see me, right? So, anytime any solution is put into place, it raises anxiety for you, right? yes. But we're not at home anymore. Um, We have that choice and we have that option now. And if we continue to act like we've got 500 laser sniper things on our chest, we're never really going to be free of the past, right? Right. So while I certainly sympathize with and understand the fear and the caution, it can't be our compass, right? Right.
1: Right. It's, it's just, I, I mean, it just causes so much fear. I, I, I wish I knew a way to, to, to not have it cause so much fear. I mean, I know you can't control your emotions, but it's well no, a scary that's, no, prospect. That's, no,
0: you're going to have the fear. You're going to have, you're gonna have the fear, which is rational, because you wouldn't be in this situation if you hadn't been afraid, right? Right. I mean, the, the situation comes out of fear. There's no way to snap away the fear, to make it vanish, because the fear is actually healthy right? The, fee- the fear is healthy. I bet you, I bet you, the first time that you got exploited by a client, you felt sick to your stomach, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: so, right. so the Horrible. reason this
0: guy, the reason this bad business voice guy is screwing up your future is because you didn't listen to him in the past, right? Wow. Yeah, you're right. I right? Sure That's didn't. why he's, he's just getting back, right? It's like, hey, you don't listen to me, I'll fuck up your future, right? Because he's got really important stuff to tell you, right? Right. Which is, I know, he, he, he's the guy who knows when you're being exploited, right? Right. He doesn't have a seat at your table. You just shout him down. You're like, hey, we need the money. Forget it, right?
1: Yeah, I guess I'm having trouble differentiating the voices because I always thought he was the one shouting me down. Or at least lately, he's the one that's been talking a lot and saying... Nope, you're standing. You're staying in this spot. You're staying right where you are. You're going to continue on this path, but I guess that's just the revenge he's taken on me.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's got to have a seat. I mean, as we talk about in this whole ecosystem idea, he's got to have a seat at the table, right? He's got to have a yeah. seat at the table because he's the guy who can smell exploitation like one part per billion in the water, right? He's, like, got a shark's nose for exploitation. And you need him in order to be able to figure out he's your blink moment, right? Who figures out who's good for you or bad for you. And if you don't listen right. to him, uh, he's just going to screw you up, right? Yeah, yeah. And that doesn't mean that he won't be nervous, but you need him to be nervous, right? Because there's lots of people in this world to be nervous of, right? We want to be nervous of them, right? We we mm-hmm. want to know that there are predators in the woods so we don't get eaten up, right? Right. And we want to be alert for the, the crack of the stick and the slither of the, the, the bushes, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, but then we need to act on it, right? So this is the important thing. When you feel uneasy around a client or a potential client or whatever, you need to accept and process that as important information, right? Not just override it and keep plowing on because, as you can see, it just – Puts you straight off a cliff, right? And
1: looking back, I, knew, I, I just knew right away about these clients. You I did? just Absolutely. had that s- sense that, man, I shouldn't be getting into business with them. Yeah,
0: that you did not feel good, right? Right. right. So the good news is your antennae is perfect, right? Mm. That's the good news. The good news is you were perfectly capable of figuring out negative business relationships ahead of time, right? Right. That's fantastic. What a gift. What a gift.
1: And there, and I'm thinking right now, there is a client that my first meeting with him was just wonderful. And he's been pushing to do more business with me. And I've been a little hesitant just because of everything else that's go- been going on. Well, yeah. And I could sh- certainly dive dive into that more and you know
0: right but you have to say Explode to yourself life is short and my professional time is valuable yeah and if people don't want to pay me that's totally fine they're free to not pay me they're free to try to exploit me they're totally free to try and get something for nothing and i have no obligation to them whatsoever none right. they're free to do what you what they want to do and you're free to do what you want to do right
1: I guess I have a fear that there's just not too many good good guys out there. Like in my
0: experience, I've, I've come across people. This is what you're not listening to.
1: Right, right. You're
0: still passive and saying, well, I'll just go call on a thousand people and hope that there's one nice guy in there, right? <laughs> we teach right, people how right. to treat us, right? Right. You have an incredible power and effect on how your business relationships go. That's the part that you don't see yet, right? Because you had no effect on your parents and, right, and teachers, and so you're just passive, right? Oh, I hope I get a good teacher, right? And that's how yeah, it realistically that. was, right? It was but, that way, yes. But this is different, right? You can create these clients. if you go in with the knowledge that you have value and that you don't do stuff for free any more than they do and that there's going to be reasonable expectations on both sides and that you don't have to engage in anything you don't want to, you will change how they treat you. You will change how they treat you. Most people just say, what does this person think of themselves? That's what I think of them. right? So you're actually creating it. I mean, I'm not saying that you're responsible for it, but you are creating... These exploitive situations in how it is that you approach and deal with these clients. And if you get that, that it's how you deal. It doesn't mean that you, every relationship will go perfectly. And you're still make But fundamentally, if you get that, you create the relationships by what you bring it to the table, what you bring in the room. And what that means is you avoid relationships. If someone's a real exploiter and you come in confident and the first time they ask for anything new, you, you, give the, you went through what we went through before, you won't have those people in your life for very long.
1: Yeah, I can get
0: get rid of them early. Yeah, and and once you get really down to it, you won't even get into business with people who give you that vibe, and you'll be totally right. Right. You know everything you need to know about somebody in the first 10 seconds. And once you get used to trusting that and not just downgrading, right, because obviously your parents and your teachers didn't want you to go with that information because it wouldn't have been advantageous (laughs) to them, right? But once you get that you know exactly who's going to be great to do business with right away, once you get that, you will have power, and you will no longer feel depressed, and your business will flourish.
1: Oh, well, that's excellent! I mean, that makes me really feel good, and uh, um, I think I'm ready to take some action and cut out cut out this dead wood and start to work with the clients that I am, you know, I do have positive relationships with, and uh, from there, I'm sure I, I can find some more.
0: Yes, I, I guarantee you that that will happen. Well, all right. Well, let's quit them while I'm ahead, so I don't keep lecturing when you're <laughs> ready. Okay. So, uh, all right, I hope this was helpful. Uh, I appreciate that. I'll send you a copy of this, of course. So you can have. a look. Let me know what you think. But I think this would be very helpful for other people.
1: As always, uh, I really appreciate it, Steph. And um, go just go ahead and release it. Um, I, I have no problem with this being released.
0: Okay. Well, keep us posted. Eh.
1: Uh, what's your website? Okay. I will. Uh, website is. Uh, RichandClever.com. Although, RichandClever.com. Because if this is going yep. out,
0: we might as well give you a plug, right? All right. Thanks. thanks. Take care, man. Bye.
1: All right. Bye.